Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Victoria, uh, and the team. Uh, what a blessing that was this morning. If you are visiting, um, if you are new here, um, and you may not know who I am, my name is Jason, and uh, I'm the youth pastor here at this church. Uh, and on occasion, I do get the opportunity uh, to share a message on a, on a given Sunday morning. And uh, so here I go. <laughs> for, uh, for those new, we are, we are, we're currently going through the Gospel of, of Luke. And uh, the passage I'll be reading from is in Luke chapter 6, 1 to 11, which I will read in a moment. Um, but it, it occurred to me uh, as I was preparing for this message that the last time I, I spoke, uh, about five months ago, it was, it was on rest. It was on rest for the soul. And uh, you'll see again in the text that I'm about to read, uh, it refers to the Sabbath, uh, which I will unpack. Um, but again, there's this theme of rest. And I'm not sure if God's trying to tell me something, um, if he wants me to, to rest more, uh, which I am okay with. And I, I think he is telling me something, because I was recently at my, uh, my daughter Lily's preschool class on Friday. We were, we were with uh, a bunch of other dads celebrating Father's Day, and they had to draw pictures of us, and then they would have to write a little something, a little blurb underneath about their daddy. And uh, she, drove, she, drove, she drew excuse me, uh, an interesting picture of me, and then she, she said something, well, that kind of like, it just kind of, like, it just hit me, but uh, she, she was asked what does your daddy do for work? And then she said she, uh, that he works in an office. Uh, he works in the office a lot. And I was like, ouch. Um, but I think, yeah, God is, is trying to tell me something. Anyways, I'm just going to, to, to read the word. So um, if you do have your Bibles with you, it's, it's ch- Luke chapter 6, 1 to 11. Uh, although it is in uh, the New Living Translation, so I apologize it's not in the NIV. Um, so it, the words are up on the screen for you uh, if you want to follow along. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated, consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. 
So he got up and stood there. And then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to him, with him. Uh, I, I realized, can you go to that last uh, slide there, Ethan? Sorry. Uh, at, <laughs> it's different than what I was reading, but I wanted to hint at uh, the last verse there. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. So wild with rage. Keep that in mind, as uh, I'll share about that later, but um, I'll speak into that. I'm going to... I'm going to pray now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Almighty God, may you be heard this morning. May you be glorified. May you be honored. Um, And uh, I pray that uh, you speak through your unworthy servant. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, this this sermon's called Short and Sweet. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding, it's going to be... It's okay. Uh, it's not that long. Uh, from this text, immediately we see the issue on Sabbath come up. So I definitely want to talk about that and the importance of Sabbath and why it's still relevant. But uh, also on a different level, I want to speak into the matter uh, of the Pharisees, more sp- specifically why they were so filled with rage. Um, so let me start with the Sabbath. A very brief lesson on the on the Sabbath. Uh, I'm not an expert on Jewish traditions, but for, for those who may not know, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew verb Shabbat, uh, meaning to rest from labor. And essentially, the Sabbath is a day set aside for us to rest and to sit back and enjoy the fruits of our labor. We see the example set before us in the very beginning. In Genesis, when God created the heavens and earth, and on the seventh day he rested. And we see later on in the Old Testament, he, it is then put in as one of the Ten Commandments, and we are to re- that we are to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, to keep that day set apart. And so the Jews t- took this very seriously and set many rules as part of their uh, halakha, meaning Jewish law. These these men made rules almost, sorry, these man-made rules almost became at the same level as scripture for the Pharisees. Uh, And this was implemented in order for the people of God to obey and keep uh, this day holy. And I think there's a danger after reading this passage that people will think that just because Jesus was supposedly ignoring the rules uh, on Sabbath day, it meant that he just didn't care and that it wasn't important to him anymore and therefore not important to us. Uh, But actually, you will notice in the Gospels, you know, Jesus was often mentioned going to the synagogue on the Sabbath to observe it. And in this particular passage, if we look at what he was doing, we see that Jesus still cared about and acknowledge the day of Sabbath. So we have two incidents. The first incident, we see Jesus and the disciples out uh, for a walk on, his, on this holy day, picking some, some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands, and eating the kernels. The Pharisees were not happy. 
the Pharisees thought the disciples were reaping uh, the grain, which was forbidden to do on the Sabbath by the the halakha. Uh, But in actuality, the disciples weren't even breaking any law. Whether it was on the Sabbath or not, they were only plucking, uh, not reaping. And according to Deuteronomy 23-25, they were allowed to do that. Um, It said, if you enter your neighbor's grain field, you may pick kernels with your hands, uh, but you must not put a sickle to their standing grain. It's kind of like when we go out uh, and during the season uh, there's blackberry bushes on the, in the ditch and you want to get some blackberries, you just go ahead and pick some. So I think of it that way. But regardless, Jesus responds to the Pharisees uh, with a reference to King David uh, in 1 Samuel 21. And so David, before King before he was king, was on the run for his life, he had stopped inside a holy tabernacle, and he ate some of the sacred bread designated only for the priests and designated only for Sabbath worship. And it seems that Jesus is implying that David was not condemned for it and that God was okay with it. David wasn't doing anything wrong. And so Jesus uh, is entailing to the Pharisees that in the past... There are rules that have been uh, put aside on the Sabbath, and God was okay with it. So you see, um, Pharisees, you you just need to to calm down. (laughs) Um, Another point Jesus is trying to make to the Pharisees is, is that the rules can be set aside based on provisional ground. Rules can be set aside for the sake of human need. And that is more important than your ceremonial law uh, in which you, you cling to so dearly. And then right afterwards, he drops a huge statement. He goes out and says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so right there, that means a few things. If Jesus is the Lord of Sabbath, Sabbath it means that he is all for the Sabbath. He cares uh, that people obey the fourth commandment and observe the Sabbath. He was all for finding rest. And if you want rest, you go to him. He is the one that you point to for rest. He is the Lord of rest. Hebrews chapter 4, 9 to 10. So there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. There is something to be said about the fact that God intentionally rested in the beginning after creation. God didn't need to rest, right? He, he didn't. Uh, but he did to show the importance of rest, and, and not just physically, but spiritually. He wants us to have deep rest. He knew we all need that true deep rest for our soul. Uh, I'm not a a sleep expert, although I do like to sleep. Uh, We all need a certain amount of time in in deep sleep to feel rested. Uh, And so we need that deep sleep uh, for our souls, too. Uh, We need deep rest in order to enjoy what we have done, and ultimately what God has done. 
And so what did God say at the end of creating things? He, he looked at every day and he said, that was good, that was good. And at the very end, he says, that's very good. He was enjoying everything. Have you ever completed something and sat back and just enjoyed it? I like, uh, at times I like to cook and I like to, to host uh, friends over uh, for you know, a party and um, there's always a lot of work to be involved, prepping, cooking, uh, cleaning and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I always feel really good about just, uh, well, eating and just it all being done and accomplished and just sitting back and enjoying um, all the work that I've done. And it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to actually rest and, uh, and, and how do I say it? How, it's hard to escape and, and to just sit back uh, and contemplate. So even before the distraction of you know, modern technology, God knew that humanity would need help uh, and would have trouble feeling truly rested, and which is why he created the Sabbath. Uh, so we could return to what's important, uh, return to him and feel rested and restored. Nowadays, we need to practice more than ever uh, rest. We need to practice disconnecting carving out time away from your phone, away from your computer, away from your TV, uh, away from the video games. You need to practice that. It's what God calls us to do, to be still and rest and and play, pray and acknowledge God. I was at uh, Keats on a work weekend uh, just a few weeks ago, and I took some time on on Sunday morning of that week. Have all the youth go out on their own, uh, no phones allowed, uh, nothing. Just sit and be still. Find a spot somewhere and, and be still and do what you feel called to do. Maybe pray, just rest, uh, contemplate, um, just enjoy, enjoy God's creation in that beautiful place. And I asked them to do this for 15 minutes. Uh, I had mixed responses. But one, pow- one person found it really hard to do. Um, and one person found it really hard at first, uh, but then was able to settle down uh, afterwards. And one person actually really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and the others couldn't help it but try and find the others and just hang out. I share that because it's, it's, it's just, that's just how hard it is, I think, especially for the younger generation. But also... Uh, even older generation, you know, for me, uh, it's hard for me to just fully rest and drown out everything and, and be still and just enjoy what God has done. I just need to just carve that out. So, um, and I think another way of approaching rest too is realizing that rest is a holy act. As we rest on the day of Sabbath, we set a day apart for God. What does holy mean? Holy means to be set apart. This is a day set apart to glorify God by doing what he did, by resting from our work and from our labor. And so I have to recognize rest as a holy act before God. Uh, So the second incident uh, involved Jesus on the day of Sabbath. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. 
and a man with a shriveled hand is there, and Jesus decides to bring this man forward in front of everyone. And Jesus heals that man right before the Pharisees on the Sabbath day. He did this knowing full well it was forbidden according to the ceremonial laws. But again, he was making a point that the needs of humans can can and should overrule the man-made ceremonial laws. So as the Lord of Sabbath, Jesus, uh, he he isn't forbidding anyone to not observe the Sabbath. He was trying to get the Pharisees to see past the ceremonial laws and look to the future. Because the laws actually were originally intended to point us to Jesus, to him. But the, the Pharisees, their hearts were hard. They were hardened, and, and they couldn't see it. And so the Pharisees, on to the Pharisees. Why on earth were the Pharisees so bothered? No, they weren't bothered. They were upset. No, they were mad. Actually, according to the New Living Translation, they were wild with rage. Um, I don't even know what that means, uh, rage for Pharisees, but I know that the word rage makes me think of two modern terms. Uh, first is the road rage, uh, which I believe most of us know the term. Um, you can go on YouTube and look up road rage uh, compilations, and there's just thousands and thousands of videos of people caught on dash cams, um, just blind with rage over something uh, super, yeah, just dumb. <laughs> I once saw a motorcycle, uh, a, pers- a guy on a motorcycle was cut off by a car, and so in his rage, while in movement, while driving, just kicks the car, um, and which did nothing, but made the, the motorcycle fall to the ground and damage himself and, and the, the motorcycle. So he was just, you know, just filled with rage. And uh, The second term... <laughs> That is less familiar, um, but where my where are my youth guys at? There's there's a few there. You guys probably know what gamer rage is. Um, it is a real thing. It's when someone's playing a video game and they get so angry because of something just ridiculous on the video game. Something happens, and in in the blindest rage, they just they do all sorts of. Uh, dumb things like punching holes through walls I've seen someone put an axe through a TV I've seen someone throw their video game console outside and start bashing it with a bat Um, this is a real thing so you can look it up on YouTube if you if you want Um, anyways Pharisees rage Uh, I picture them so furious just kicking kicking the dirt ripping their clothes just blind rage they're just so mad and they don't even care that a man's hand was healed before their eyes. They're so mad to the point that they just want to commit murder. They want to kill Jesus. You see, up until now, the Pharisees were on the sidelines. They were just kind of observing, just staying back. because, uh, And they've witnessed you know, Jesus performing miracles before. Uh, Um, They've even witnessed Jesus forgive sins. But when Jesus finally does something on the Sabbath day, uh, they lose it. It sends them over the edge. Uh, And I think there's a a couple things that contribute to the boiling point. Uh, They were upset because Jesus the Messiah, uh, 
it, Jesus, the Messiah, did not fit with their Messiah, the picture of their Messiah. And so there's this sense of uncertainty, a sense of confusion and anger. Um, it, just not, it was just really unexpected. And I think a lot of us can relate to this, how things in life uh, don't turn out the way we expect it to be. Uh, we see Jesus work in our lives in the way uh, that is unexpected. Perhaps the way uh, that... Uh, you wouldn't prefer. Um, as I've mentioned before in, in my story, in my testimony, I, uh, I graduated from uh, Briarcrest College Bible School. And, um, but before that, um, I was living up in Whistler Mountain. And I, you know, just was, was, was uh, living a life, I would say, not, not pleasing to God. And uh, at this point, uh, it, it came to a point where um, Jesus just convicted me so deeply that I moved, uh, uh, within a matter of weeks, I went from one place uh, at Whistler to Bible College, and it was just, it was just something I did not expect. And you fast forward eight years later, um, I never would have expected to be uh, beginning to work here at this church. Uh, I would never have expected to, to be up here uh, speaking. And uh, again, Jesus just works in all sorts of mysterious and unexpected ways. And so perhaps for us, we encounter Jesus in ways we don't expect. And sometimes we resist, just like the Pharisees uh, did. Um, Another thing that the Pharisees were, were threatened over was the fact that uh, they were beginning to lose power. Uh, they, they enjoyed being these religious authority figures, uh, but Jesus just threatened that, threatened everything, their very existence, and they were, they were going to lose their temple. Uh, just, their whole worldview was shaken, and, and um, they just couldn't handle it. So um, that's just another little thing that I think the Pharisees uh, contributed to their uh, rage. And so finally, the, the, the biggest reason that, that caused the Pharisees to be upset was Jesus was, with Jesus was his ignoring of their hundreds of elaborate but petty rules that they had devised for interpreting, interpreting the law of God. If you were to break one of their rules, it was to violate the law of God itself. And yet these rules not only obscured the true intent uh, of God's law, but also in some cases actually violated it. They were not willing to let go of these man-made rules and submit to Jesus. And, uh, and that's what really upset them. And, and so with that, uh, I think we can, you know, we need to be careful we need to be to, to learn from that. We need to be careful and, and um, be careful not to add our own man-made rules to the scriptures. Um, some convictions that we hold dearly may be derived from, um, you know, Christian culture that we grew up in, derived rather than from scripture. We need to learn the differences. Um, between those two. And it's, it's okay to have cultural convictions, uh, but we should be careful that we don't elevate them to the same level as a, a scripture. 
So much judgmentalism among Christians today occur because we do this. Um, and that is basically what the Pharisees were doing. So let's be careful that we are, we're not these modern-day Pharisees. A final challenge to us all, as, uh, as the, the Pharisees were holding on to the law and wouldn't let them go, causing them to miss what was, what was right in front of them, um, the Messiah, what are we holding on to in our lives? What are we holding on to our lives that is making us miss Jesus? What is making us miss our calling? Making us not to, to rest? Making us miss the big picture? White Rock Baptist, what is it here that we are holding on that is preventing us from moving forward as a church? Has our view of how church should be clouded our mission, um, our calling, our opportunity to make an impact? And I think that's a call for, for all, us all. I, I care so deeply about this church. I have such a history with this church, and I love this church. I love this family. And I, I just, I want us to move forward. And, um, and I think, you know, we, we need to, to pray about this. Pray about how we need to, what we need to let go. Let go of maybe certain man-made uh, rules or traditions uh, that we are used to. I, I just... I think we need to pray about that. So um, I'm going to uh, end things a little differently this morning. Uh, there isn't going to be a song afterwards. I'm just going to pray um, and, uh, and share a benediction. And a- I'm going to invite Victoria and, hello, Victoria and Tom to play some music. And af- afterwards, after I pray, after the benediction, I want everyone this morning to spend some time, uh, if you can, in some prayer. It's it's very uh, just very simple. If 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 you need to go, that's fine. Uh, but I want this space to be uh, just a a safe space for for anyone who feels called to to just pray and sit and uh, and think about perhaps certain things that that might have spoken to you this morning. Um, May this place be a, a sacred place in the sense where we are able to let let go of some things and, and, and put things down to, to God's feet and, and lay our burdens down before him. So, um, yeah, I'm going to pray, benediction, and then I'm going to, to leave it to you. If you want to stay and pray, great. If, if you need to leave, I ask that you just leave quietly, just out there, and I invite you all to, if you want to hang out in the... the 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 gym Uh, we have coffee and tea there and I'm going to pray and thank you just thank you for for this opportunity to share Heavenly Father Almighty God we we thank you for your love for us we thank you um, that uh, you died and rose from the cross uh, rose from the grave and we don't need to worry about the ceremonial laws anymore. But we, we know that we are still called to love and worship you. Um, and that we need to apply that to our lives still. Um, but uh, Lord God, I, I just pray now this morning is, is if there's, there's things that we are holding on to, things that uh, we can't let go of, that you, you kind of uh, help us uh, explore that and, and, and get rid of that and, and just... Um, may you just work in our lives this morning, God. We love you and thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
so this morning, um, I hope we can leave with the sense that God created us and enjoys us and was truly satisfied with us. And I hope we can also make, take time and enjoy God by resting and remembering on the Sabbath and letting go of things that, we, that may be hindering us from doing that. Grace and peace to you this morning. Amen.